Today, I'm speaking with Janine Sipp, the Director of Digital Experience at Sazerac. Sazerac has a very exciting digital story. They stood up a new digital center of excellence about two years ago. They've shown great results over those two years. They've expanded across many brands, and they're showing fantastic results. I think for the C-suite, this is a great example of alignment from the top down, giving the team the space that they need to show results and grow, challenging them, holding them accountable. You're going to hear some fantastic stories from Janine. You know, in her role of director of digital experience, she plays in marketing, e-com, technology. She's a chief asset wrangler. She drinks consumer insights for breakfast. She's been in this space for over 15 years. Luxottica, GSI, RJ Reynolds. And she's not just speaking for herself, but she represents a really, really strong uh, and nimble team over at Sazrak. So with that, let's hear from Janine. You're listening to C-Suite Blueprint, the show for C-Suite leaders. Here we discuss no BS approaches to organizational readiness and digital transformation. Let's start the show. Hey, Janine. Thanks for joining me. You know, I'm really excited to talk with you today because what you and the whole team are doing at Sazerac, I think, is a perfect example of that bridge between strategy and tactics and getting it done. And I think that's where the C-suite can sometimes get frustrated is they see things kind of falling down. They set the vision, but then, you know, the team gets lost in it and it doesn't actually get done. So, you know, I'd love for you to kind of give the audience a little bit of an overview of, of who Sazerac is so they understand kind of how broad your portfolio is. And then we could talk a little bit about your journey, um, the whole team's journey of, of standing up this, this digital group. Perfect. And thanks for having me, George. I'm excited to be here with you. So yeah, to tell you a little bit about who Sazerac is, just right off the bat, Sazerac is the largest distilled spirits producer in the US and the fifth largest in the world. We're an independent family-owned company. And while many people might not recognize the name Sazerac, that's because historically we've chosen to be under the radar and let the brand speak for themselves. So your listeners probably know Fireball, Southern Comfort. Those are pretty well-known brands, but bourbon fans will know the beloved and award-winning bourbons in our portfolio like Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, Blanton's. So those that are serious about the bourbon hunt love those brands. But with over 400 plus brands, there's definitely something that Sazerac produces that has come across your plate or your glass at some point. It's a tremendous portfolio. And, you know, I, I think it was, what, two years ago or so that you guys really started to put investment and effort into standing up a digital group almost from, from nothing. And what I find interesting in, in these challenges is the journey that these groups go through as they're standing up and what kind of air cover the executives give them. Because when you're investing in a new area, you want to give them the room to grow and form, but also you kind of need to see results along the way. Otherwise, you start losing faith in the journey, right? So I'd love you to just kind of talk a little bit about just, you know, overarching, what has that, that journey been like? It has been like flying the plane and building it at the same time. So I think your, your point about the vision and showing results is really well taken. The culture here at Sazerac is really about an entrepreneurial spirit. And so we pursue lots of ideas that have the potential to become big ideas. We place our bets strategically. And one of the big bets was that we need to really get in the game in a serious way with growing our digital expertise internally. And so as part of a new team coming on, there's obviously a lot of learning the company, learning the industry type of of work that needs to go on. 
And there were some really major projects that needed to kick off right away. To start a digital foundation, there's a, a technology play that needs to come in immediately so you can set the foundation. And that foundation is in place, but it definitely took a lot of work. And while that was happening, some of those projects had to get super accelerated. One that's a, a really good example is Sazerac House, which is a destination, almost like a cocktail museum and distillery all in one in New Orleans. And, you know, the team had just come on and we needed to have a web presence stood up in a shop. So that that occurred in like lightning speed time, like 30 days, <laughs> which is kind of wild to think about standing up a, a Magento site from start to finish in that time frame with photography and all of that. But things haven't really slowed down <laughs> since that first launch. And we've now got five brands using the Adobe Experience Manager platform, which is that, that foundation. And off of that, all kinds of new initiatives have sprung up to build up a digital asset manager within that platform, to use the platform for marketing, for really marketing only sites and for e-commerce sites and to make them a, a, a hub. So if you were to go to sazerac.com today, that's one of the big facelifts that we were able to do because without the digital team, a digital team in place to help guide things, the, the website had remained stagnant for about eight years. But beyond just websites, there's the fact that we kind of operate in a system in the spirits industry that ha places some, some rules and regulations on our ability to connect with consumers. So three-tiered means that we are required to work through distributors and retailers, and even platforms like Drizzly are actually part of that system. So it became critical for us to establish relationships with consumers directly. And doing that digitally is, is part of what we're, we, we've begun working on and still have a lot of progress to make on that front. Huge kudos to you and the whole team on, on not only getting the quick results, but then also expanding across the portfolio. I feel like so many times when you, when you look at other organizations, they'll have that success in one area, but maybe that's because that brand was really easy to work with, right? And then when they try to expand into the rest of the organization, you know, they can't really get things gelling with the, the other brands and they get lost in the tactics a little bit, I think. And I think, you know, dealing with that three-tier system and such a complex landscape just makes it that much harder. And, and that's why you should get that much more, much more kudos on what you've all been able to accomplish there. Because even like, I think a reminder for the audience is, you know, as a, as a company, like, it's older than the government, right? <laughs> you know, and usually when you see old organizations like that, you see a lot of bureaucracy. But I think the culture and the focus on outcomes there has, has led to the opposite of that, where it's very lean, and you're just getting stuff done. So I'd, I'd love you to talk a little bit about how did you expand into the other brand? How do you get the trust of the brands? You know, you're a new team. They're set in their ways of doing things for a long, long time. How do you win the trust of those brands? For sure. I think it's, there was a lot of enthusiasm in the organization because folks in brand marketing and in other teams were really trying to do digital as a part, as an extension of their you know, 15 other responsibilities as brand managers. So it was very, a lot of enthusiasm to have folks that had experience in this area to help out. And so a lot of that 
wasn't really a problem because folks were excited. And beyond that, there was some really significant projects that came to bear where folks could see what the impact was going to be if we partnered together. So some of it was brand, you know, just pure relationship building as any person would do when they're new to an organization, brand by brand, working through projects that will help demonstrate capabilities. And that becomes sort of its own case study for other brands. But there, there have been a few significant ones that we knew that if we could improve the way we show up on, sh- we know that like we're, as, a, as an organization, distribution is an area where we're really great. We can get product and we can get it done in volume. And so the way we show up on physical shelves is really important. The digital shelf over the last year has become wildly important and we weren't really taking care of that. So it was it's working within the system, but these are retailers and distributors that we all know and love. And depending on the state you're in, you might be able to get products from those retailers online. And so working with um, the the team at Intevity was absolutely critical to making a big impact where we were able to refresh our top brands with video content, bottle shots. We called it A-plus content because it was really representing brands in the best possible light. So I think those kinds of wins kind of build on themselves. It's a bit of a snowball effect where folks see, okay, if I can get the pieces of this puzzle to the team, they're going to take the ball and run and and make all of this happen. And it was no little effort to get this content syndicated across, you know, all of these different retailers and distributors, but it's made a massive impact to the business to have our, our presence upgraded there. That's great. Yeah, I guess so you earn that trust of the brands by just by just doing the work, right? And and things like digital digital shelf there, it's not always sexy either. You know, it's it's the equivalent of dusting off the bottles on the on the retail shelves, right? You gotta clean up some SKUs, you gotta get better images. And I feel like sometimes, you know, when someone's standing up a center of excellence or a digital group like this, you can sometimes get too focused on these big decks and presentations where it's like, here's the future of digital. Here's what we're going to do for you. And here's our process. And here's how you're going to, you know, how you're going to bow to our process, which is never a good thing. And I, you know, I think, you know, you guys did a bit of that, like, here's who we are, here's where we're going. But then it seemed like you just started getting stuff done. So, and, and that built that trust. But, but then once you've earned that trust, I think, is there then a deluge of all the brands saying, oh my gosh, do more for us, do more for us. And then how do you not get drowned within that, that waterfall of requests and partnership requests? Endless prioritization. That's the, that's the major, it's a major theme here. Because there's 400 plus brands, we're not working with every single one of those brands at the same level. So we've got to prioritize where we're able to spend our time. And some of it might be, we're going to help you with establishing standards. We'll establish process and governance and we'll support you working directly with a partner that's in our pre-vetted set to get this done. And some of it is like, this is a really big, important initiative. So we're going to work together with you to, to do that. And sometimes we're developing the process. We don't have the process off the shelf to take and to say, this is how we're going to do it. It's a lot of learning in the trenches while we're trying to, so it's it's truly that analogy of flying and building the plane. But I think the great thing was that some of those early wins helped folks to understand that, you know, we were here to, to support them and to make sure that this happens. 
And that's been really a major theme because when you've got a fast growing organization, there's always going to be a lot of projects and we're not a large team. So having to prioritize, having to balance execution and strategy and being able to respond to those business needs has been really important. I would say one great example of that was we, you know, I I think folks that have have worked in e-commerce for a while will have these preconceived notions about what you need to have in order to move forward. Like you have to have this and that, and you have to have, I mean, analytics, and there are some pretty foundational things, but if you can kind of skinny down what needs to happen to that core work, then that's what allowed things like Sazerac House to get taken to take off. And this time last year, while we were working on building some of these platforms and enhancing them, it wasn't necessarily a place where we could take the time to get to the, a perfect state, but we were just focused on the core pieces and were able to double the e-commerce business. That is something that became, you know, they kind of let us off the hook with that a little bit. And we're going to, we're on the, we're on target to double again this year, but it's just because there's so much opportunity and we didn't let great, you know, being perfect, stop us from moving forward and getting those quick wins in. Yeah. Doubling e-commerce business will definitely get people off your backs and give you a little bit of room to work, right? That is great. But that being said, if that if that pattern continues, then then it's going to be okay, we'll do that and do more right with the same resources that you have. And and so so if you've gone through this initial phase of, of you know, introduce yourself to the brands, you know, partner with them, get some quick wins, get get some of that done, and then put in place some prioritization frameworks. Now, do you pull yourself back out of the tactics? And, and what's it about next? You know, there's a I know there's a very long vision there. And, you know, how do you pull yourself now out of the tactics and think about what's next? Well, that that there is a pivot that comes when it's getting things done, getting them out the door. You also have to make sure that you're managing the change of that, that action, that activity is, is also causing some fundamental changes. The way that we do, that we come to market online, the way, like once you establish that this is the direction and you've started to put that out in the world, you've now got to be prepared to maintain it and optimize it. So there's a, that's where at some point in the process, you have to kind of pivot and say, all right, we're getting things out the door, but we also have to make sure that this is aligned to our longer term strategies and that it's not going to create more of pain for us down the road because we did it a certain way. And that, that does take some time and some learnings. It's a part of our process to always go have a reflection on how the initiative launch went, where are the opportunities to learn, and we're soliciting feedback from all pe- parties who were involved in it. So it's the continuous improvement that helps us to make fewer mistakes as we go forward. But yeah, there's there are a ton of brands and it can become overwhelming. So there is a, a point where you hit a wall and you know, fast growth companies know that that's going to happen from time to time. And I think that's where you can just get even tighter with your prioritization and making sure that you're working on the right things and doing them in the right order. Yeah. And, and I think what's, what, what I also helps you in that situation is that that culture, it's a culture where you can be a bit vulnerable and you can be honest, right? And you don't need to be just 
talking a big game. And because like you said, a lot of these processes you need to create. I think a lot of people might think, you know, I hate it when people say they're an expert in, you know, digital or e-commerce because it changes so rapidly. And and then industries are so different. You know, I don't think you're going to take a, I love playbooks more than anyone, but I don't think you're going to take your playbook for like e-com selling laptops to e-com, you know, selling BevAlk. Yeah, some of it, it some of it will work, but you're going to have to redo a whole hell of a lot. And you have to tell people like, hey, None of us know, you know, we have expertise, but we don't know what we're doing with this. And we're all going to figure it out together. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, how has the culture kind of allowed you to do that? And then how have you kind of, you know, worked through that to all figure it out together? I think that's because of the fact that we had folks across all aspects of the business trying to fill gaps in digital strategy or execution. They understand where their strengths are. And sometimes it's not in this area. And we understand that we might not be experts in how you get the best formula for a product and and bring it to market on a shelf. That's not our, our lane, but we've worked really closely together to understand where there's areas that, you know, the, this folks who've worked in this industry for a long time can help bring us along and where we can help bring them along in terms of these are some things that have been successful in the past that we also think will be helpful in this case. And and we've had to also check ourselves as well. Like you said, what you've done before may have worked great back when I was working at an organization that sold sunglasses, but this is a regulated industry and the rules are different. And you have to figure out how to win within that set of rules. So I, I think a good point about, you know, to answer your question about what's next is that we've put our best foot forward in a lot of ways and, and made a lot of wins. But I think the next st- stage for us is about getting more of a testing culture filtered through our activities and with the brands as well, so that we're understanding that we put our best foot forward, we collaborated, and we've reflected and learned from it. But now let's test, let's put variations out. And and that's, you know, what a lot of folks would say are table stakes for any digital marketing. But with the, the speed and the volume of activities that we've taken on, it's not had the prominence that we want it to have as our organization matures in this space. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and and I think a nuance of BevAlk too is is you historically haven't been able to be very close with your with your customers, you know, by law, right? There's there's the tiers b- between you and and so how do you, you know, in this landscape, how do you get closer to the customer? How do you meet them at the experiences that that they want? How do you think about that? Well, that's where we look at it as merchandise is one area that is legal in all states. And we have raving fans for some of these brands. And there's no better way of demonstrating your brand love than to put that brand on your shirt, (laughs) to to wear that brand, to promote it in other ways, on your coffee mug, with the hat on your head. That's been an area where e-commerce was recognized early as an opportunity to get closer to our consumers because we're able to, at that point, you're getting data, you're getting feedback with their credit card swipe about what they're interested in. And social has played a huge part in that strategy. And social has gotten significantly better over time in terms of 
the data that's being collected, how it's being used, and just the quality of the content that's going out. So as you see, like the metrics for social and SEO and all of these things continue to change. So to your point about being experts, we're always learning as well. I'm not going to be the person to say I I have expertise in every single area that we're doing today, but it doesn't matter because what matters is the willingness to learn, the effort behind it, and and the measurement to keep getting better. So yeah, getting close to our consumers is an absolute priority and we found that digital is one way between building a social following, campaigns that are running and targeting different types of audiences and just the ability to engage with them in a store or physical location, like some of our distilleries. All of that information is ultimately making itself a picture of who our consumer is and what they want. That makes sense. Yeah, truly engaging with them. I, I feel like a naive point of view in, in stepping into digital and e-com in this space would be, you know, let's put our product out there yeah, and they can buy it directly from us. But how many people are going to go to Fireball.com and just buy a bottle of Fireball, right? They, they're engaging with content out there and they, they're engaging with the merchandise. And that, I think that's just a great example of, of meet, you know, not having an ego about it and just meeting them where they want to be met, right? And engaging them where they want to engage. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And I also am curious, you know, how do you bridge? I, I know that you've, Sazerac's been investing in these physical spaces, right? There's the Sazerac house, there's, there's the distilleries. You know, how do you bridge the gap between physical and digital and, and how do you approach that? That is also part of what we have discovered is a, an opportunity area for us. We are bridging that by meeting the consumer expectation that today what you see in a physical gift shop, consumers have every expectation that those products will be available for them online or that they should be able to get those products shipped to their home. We're through the, the pandemic initiated curbside pickup for several of our home places. And that that's very common that restaurants and many other industries have had to adapt to. But it was one where you when you mentioned how old the company is and how long things had operated in different ways. It wasn't an easy lift to make something like that happen, but we're organizationally all on the same page and understanding that it's really important that we're not going to have visitors at every one of our home places from all geographies. So what are the other ways that we can bring that excellent experience that folks are having when they visit our, our distilleries or home places and bring that together online. So the teams work together. The teams are strategizing together. We're looking at it as a business. And yes, it's important to have each business unit getting the credit and the results for their activities. But at the end of the day, we're trying to satisfy a consumer need and desire that's going to make our brand successful. So that's the approach that everyone's taking with it. And it's been so well received. It we can't even explain how how enthusiastic folks have been to partner on this. Man, I, I it's unfortunate that I feel like it's rare that you hear how aligned different parts of an organization are. Like you're saying it, and and I almost feel like I need to remind you of how because you're you're in it's such a great culture of you know all being aligned on the same outcomes and driving towards those. And I feel like that that can sometimes be rare. Maybe that's a good tech time to poke into. You, know, you seem happy with what you guys are doing, and I feel like right now a lot of people are. 
they're going through the the soul searching existential journey of what am I doing with my career and am, am I happy in my job? You know, what what does make you really happy about what you're doing? It's the sweet spot of where I like to be. I've always been passionate about finding digital means of connecting with consumers and understanding what makes them tick. Like some of the, the classes that I loved the most in college and roles that I've had over my career, the sweet spot was where I was able to dive into consumer insights and also work with the technology that makes some of that happen. And it's ebbed and flowed. Like from time to time, which side of that fence I'm sitting on? Am I more consumer insights and digital experience and user experience? Or am I tech platform and coding and enhancements? But that's what keeps things interesting for me. And I like to be challenged and to learn in new areas all around that sphere. So being able to do this in a space where there's so much opportunity and there's no defined right way of doing it. We can create our own path and our own destiny. It's very exciting and it's a, it's a great place to be. That's great. Executives around the world, please listen to that. <laughs> Find someone's superpower, put them in the right role, give them the space to, to move forward and give them challenges. You know, I think everyone will be happy with that. And on the flip side, you know, when we talk about quote unquote digital transformation and even just the word digital, there can sometimes be a lot of nonsense out there, a lot of, you know, just lingo and BS and and who knows what out there, right? And and I'm sure you've sat through all sorts of software demos and gone to plenty of conferences and interacted with other people in this space. I'm I'm curious, you know, what gets your goat as far as what's kind of just nonsense out there within this space? It really is that you have to have this, you have to have the 5,000 tech stack list in order to be successful. And there's some core pieces that need to be in place. But a lot of what is being sold or promoted as the silver bullet for XYZ pain point or opportunity that you're trying to take advantage of, some of it really just does come down to good fundamentals. And so if we were trying to have every single shiny object out there, we would definitely not have been able to grow and build at the same time. It just creates a burden of overhead that kind of can suffocate you because you've got all of this stuff to maintain. So in the beginning, it's important to appreciate the leanness and make the most of that by doing the core fundamentals right. That makes a lot of sense. Lots of shiny new paintbrushes aren't going to make you an amazing artist, right? <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> oh, trust me. I, with golf, I keep thinking that new golf clubs will make me a better golfer. And, and surprise, surprise, they do, they do not. But I love the journey that you've gone on. So over the last two years, just to bracket this, the last two years, this is there's been this stand-up phase, quick wins within even 30 days to get some, some great digital experiences out. There's been then uh, really engaging with the brands, earning their trust, then uh, kind of absorbing that deluge of requests and putting in place the right continual prioritization to know that, you know, their requests aren't going into a black box and you aren't ignoring them. They're, you're focusing on the right things and here's why. And now you're pushing that forward into test and learn and scale. I think that that's a, a heck of a journey. And, you know, I hope you and the entire Sazerac team really look back with a, a lot of accomplishment because that's, and oh, by the way, sneaking in digital shelf and analytics and all sorts of stuff along the way is just fantastic. 
It is. It really has been an entire team effort. And, and like I said, it's not a large team. So it's been amazing to see what we've been able to accomplish in this very short time frame. That's great. I think it could sometimes be easy to forget, you know, how much can get done with, with what size team and what size investment when you get lost in it. So thanks, Janine. I'm glad, you know, happy that you shared that with me and with the audience and, and excited to talk with you about it. Thanks so much for coming on. Glad to be here. Thanks so much, George. Technology should serve vision, not set it. At Intevity, we design clear blueprints for organizational readiness and digital transformation that allow companies to chart new paths. Then we drive the implementation of those plans with our client partners in service of growth. Find out more at www.intevity.com. You've been listening to C-Suite Blueprint. If you like what you've heard, be sure to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss a new episode. And while you're there, we'd love it if you could leave a rating. Just give us however many stars you think we deserve. Until next time.